This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. You've tuned into a conversation between myself and Pip O'Brien from the Melbourne-based group Devil Electric. Now, the catalyst for the chat is due to the release of the group's new album for 2021. It's out right now. It's titled Godless. We talk all about the album and a bunch of other topics. If you're a long-time listener to the show, you know me. I tend to go wherever the conversation wants to go to. I just follow that muse. Same if you've just tuned in and you haven't heard me before. Yeah, we go there. And uh, Pip was a good conversation, I've got to say. I enjoyed having this chat very much. Before we get to it, let's have a listen to a tune from Godless. This one is titled... All my friends move like the night, and once it's done, you'll hear us chat. Let's go. How are you going? Hi, good, thanks. How are you? I'm very good. Happy Monday. 
Yeah, happy Monday. I know. <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> How rock and roll is this? Yeah, Monday, Monday evenings. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Reminds me of those memes. You've seen those memes where it's like when you're in a band, this is what my friends think I do, this is yeah. what the audience think I do, and this is what I really do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. How's things been going for you otherwise, though? Yeah, good, good. Just um, enjoying the album being out, obviously, um, which is a long time coming. But, um, yeah, good. I'm moving house, so my life is totally oh hectic. Oh, God. <laughs> you're the second person today I've spoken to that's moving oh, yeah. house. and. <laughs> I think behind dying, behind dying a terrible death somehow, it's my least favourite thing to look forward to. Yeah, it's really – I couldn't be more disorganised as well. I keep looking around like there's so much I need to do and I move Friday, so I'm like, oh, it'll, I'm sure it'll come together. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, gotcha. Are you in Sydney or Melbourne? Melbourne. Oh, gosh, you guys are just coming out of lockdown at the moment, aren't you, too? Yeah, so yeah, you can. yeah. Yeah. You can do all the normal human being things again. Yeah, it's actually weird. Like, so as of this weekend, we could, um, was it this weekend or was it? I can't remember now when they've changed rules, but like, yeah, it's back to normal capacity. It's weird. Yeah. Because we're in lockdown for so long. Like, it's, it's bizarre just being able to go out and be normal and even just leaving the house without a mask, like it's it's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. D- d- never mind what the ABC says. There's no doubt yeah. Melbourne was the most locked down city in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, it was crazy. It was months. Like I can't, if I think about how long it was, like I, it doesn't seem like it's been as long as it has because it's just been this like bizarre time like it, it's weird um and the curfews everything it was weird <laughs> it was very weird oh people who listen to the show know my opinion on it, it was you know, dan, <laughs> dan andrews is a fucking psychopath and you guys what happened to you guys was just inhumane <laughs> I, I personally i don't mind like if it's i've got my mum's like um immunocompromised so i was all good with it but um yeah but it was difficult yeah. it was hard <laughs> oh just the vast way see i think just quickly i'll, I'll add this point in yeah. before we move on to talk about music no, no, but no. <laughs> it should have been flipped around to the perspective that people who were immunocompromised were given all of the support in the world because we have yeah. a, we have the infrastructure to do that and the rest of the population can go about their daily business and yes there yeah. would have been hospitals full of people with COVID, but we could have coped. We have the world, we have the, we have one of the best health systems in the world, public health systems in the world. We could have coped. And that's what a lot of the nurses who are anti-vaxxers are talking about. You know, it's just, and this whole, it's the Trojan horse of now with the vaccine side of things. I'm vaccinated, by the way. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. But I, I tell you what, I did not like being forced into doing it and I would have lost my job if I didn't. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because I've got kids. I'm married, I've got kids and a mortgage and, and yeah. there's just no way that I could avoid, I couldn't, couldn't take the chance that I wouldn't have a job, even for a period of time, you yeah. know, and a lot of people are in my boat, you know, and I think that's the issue is that we're being forced into doing something so quickly and, you know, the other thing, it's not a vaccine, it's a gene therapy and 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 there's just been so much obfuscation about the whole thing and, and the way it's affected musicians too has deeply affected so many of us who are a part of this ecosystem, you know. Mm, yeah, oh, I, have to, I have to admit I don't mind having the vaccine myself. So I'm, yeah. Anyway, no, it's, it's all good. Hey, listen, we yeah. live in a democracy, and you're allowed yeah. to have an opinion. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and if people don't like it, well, excuse yeah. my language. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. Well, look onto the music. Um, yeah. 
devil electric and godless look you're doing all of the right things as far as a left of center rock and extreme maybe not extreme metal but a metal fan is concerned on the album godless look it's a subtly satanic doom rock extravaganza that fans of cathedral i love cathedral so that's the the, that's the link that i was able to get into your your band yeah sabbath sleep and even queens of the stone age will enjoy I had a chat to Christos, your guitarist, about six months ago or so. Fantastic guy. Yeah. I love his other band, the, the Ugly Kings. Love what you guys are doing here with Devil Electric. And I love that he saves some wicked metallic riffs for Godless. And I think your voice is like the head of Medusa, entrancing yeah. it very, very dangerous. They're my thoughts, Pip. What do you think? Amazing. Thank you. That was <laughs> an incredible description and I... I like would listen to that back a million times. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm so I'm loving this album. It was, um, I think, this one's a very much sort of us as a band now. I think the first one was amazing and it was really fun to do and record and write. But I think this one is definitely us more comfortable as like four friends writing together. So I think this one for us was very important because it's obviously our next kind of evolution and sound. We approached it a little bit differently, but um, it definitely is. You can hear little bits of all of us throughout it. And I think that that Mm. is, it's really fun to listen to, I think, you know, and to your point, I've got amazing musicians in the band and I I feel really, really lucky um, to be writing and recording with them. And I think um, what we've produced for our second album is, um, you know, um, it's something I'm really proud of. So thank you. <laughs> all good. All good. I'm so glad you mentioned that it is a fun album because that's what I thought as well. Like I love the satanic themes. I'm all about that, believe yeah. me. <laughs> but I love the fact that when I was listening to it, it's got an up vibe. And I noticed because yeah. Christo's because Christo's guitar playing, Christos's guitar playing is like that, and yeah. and your voice just adds this this such a rich texture to what his guitar playing brings. And I know I'm not just going to talk about Christos, of course, but because I know there are <laughs> other musicians there. But because I had a call about him. Well, he was he was we went we went we went we went right yeah. down the rabbit hole in oh, terms he, of his guitar he's time. Like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We just talked about it for about an hour, I think, just how he, how he developed his guitars because I love what he does on the guitar, you see. So, but I love the fact that it feels like it's a fun album. It's got some bounce to it. It's got some groove to it. It's, it's one of those albums where, you know, as musicians, you are taking what you do seriously, meaning the music seriously, but you're not taking yourself too seriously. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's definitely kind of hit the nail on the head, like in terms of, you know, where we're for kind of like we are very serious about the music and very serious about what we write, but we never want it to be like a laborious, like, you know, and no one does like something, everything creative should be fun. And I think um, we're all kind of jokey together. I think most fans are, but like, you know, we've got a lot of banter and we have a lot of fun with it. And I think Mm. what we kind of tried to do with this one is, is go in and um, you know, we had our, most of our songs written and most of the stuff ready to go, but we left bits of it to happen within the studio and I think that's made the difference in this one you can kind of hear um sort of bits or like moments that happened only within the studio they didn't happen before that and and now we've got them on the album so I think you know that was really fun um and it made for like almost like a an exciting a more exciting experience because we weren't just going in there to record we're going in there to sort of finish 
what we'd started. And I think, you know, um, part of the joy of listening back to that is remembering all those little bits and pieces that you're like, oh, that's right. That literally happened on the day or that wasn't there beforehand. So, um, yeah, it's been, yeah, a super fun experience. And I think we've tried to sort of remain true to sort of that devil electric sound that we had on that first one, but also experiment with other types of sounds and things and approaches that we haven't probably done before, um, given we are all so different as people and, you know, from different backgrounds and influences and all different things. So we tried to pull that all in. And um, I think that's that sort of shows on this album a bit more than the first, but yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Now, how important was Julian Schweitzer to but you guys being able to realise the vision that you wanted to on this album? Yeah, he, he was key, um, actually. And he is another person who I thoroughly enjoy working with, talking to everything. He's, like, um, incredibly good at obviously what he does. And I think he really did bring out um, what we wanted to bring out for this album. And that was part of that was, yeah, like and we sort of call it the lo-fi sound, but it's more of an organic sound, I guess. Yeah. So making sure that, you know, what we sound like in the studio when we're laying that down is like what you would experience if you came to a Devil Electric gig. And um, he was really kind of instrumental in in a lot of that process. And particularly for me, um, it's really rare, I think, to have, um, you know, a producer, a sound engineer who's also a singer. So he was really, it was awesome. Like I had someone to bounce ideas off, to think about. Okay approaches to vocal and stuff like that so yeah he was he was great he was really fun to work with as well that's a good point actually just on the vocal front so with the musicians in the band is it one of those situations where the music is written or the sketch of a song is written they present that to you and then you go and work out vocal patterns and arrangements and even lyrics and that sort of thing and then you sort of have a rough idea 80 to 90 percent when you went into the studio or however you worked with julian and he helped you refine it yeah, so it's it's a funny the way we write. So we rehearse normally if we're not in um, lockdowns. We rehearse every week and um, the boys will normally start to work up, you know, songs and stuff and I'll probably sit there and just bark ideas at them, <laughs> which, um, which are always... That works. Just, yeah, <laughs> they do all the, I, I'm not... In no way do I write the music. <laughs> that's, just, that's not me claiming any of the music writing. That's me saying, oh, my God, that sounds really good. <laughs> I'll keep doing that. Nice. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so we kind of have this, like, really diplomatic way of writing and I'll sort of sit there and I'll normally stand by the mic and come up with... Um, melodies kind of at the time or trying to hear if I can hear anything that's happening and then I'll probably go away and, and write lyrics sometimes I have you know ideas of songs sketched down and I can start to put that into um songs as they come about other ones I just write um without any you know I'll just take it home and listen to it and write it but um yeah, so most of it, like, lyrically and things like that, that was all pretty much done. The music was done. It was more his kind of take on, you know, vocal approach or if I wasn't sure about, um, you know, a certain part of the melody. And I think some of the songs that we, like, recorded in this session, we I, there was a different approach sometimes with, you know, um, than what I had on the first album with this album. So he was really helpful in sort of ironing those out and either making saying to me like that is not working or being or being yeah. really, you know, like, yeah, keep doing that. That sounds really good and it's um and it works because it is you do have that I know I'm like super neurotic and um <laughs> and I always have elements of doubt throughout things. So it's nice to have that. Mm -hmm 
sounding board there um, with someone who's not just sort of sitting back and recording, but actually saying, no, that, that sounds great. Keep going with that. So yeah, it was good. What drew you to heavy music? Oh, I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know. And it's so, I think I, I've always, lo- look, I think I do. I can nail it down. My, <laughs> I have an older cousin um, and when I was a kid, he was obsessed with like hair metal. And um, <laughs> yeah, so he taught me how to like headbang and stuff <laughs> back, I don't know, when I was like four or five or something like that. And I think it just spiralled from there. But, um, yeah, I've always, I don't know, I've always been partial to it. But, <laughs> yeah. But then I've, I love yeah. many genres and many things. Like my dad's a folk country musician, so I grew up also <laughs> listening <laughs> to a lot of folk country music as well. <laughs> yeah. What, what does he think about you playing heavy rock instead of <laughs> pop or folk or country? <laughs> he loves it. I think his ultimate dream was for me and my sister to be a country duo. <laughs> but when that didn't happen, he's just happy I'm playing music. He absolutely, he comes down to the shows and loves it. Even though he suffers from tinnitus, he'll stand straight up front. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that from being a musician he suffers from that? Yeah, he got that. He also had a recording studio in Carlton. So he um, ended up, he thinks it's more from... Probably some from playing live. Headphones, and- having the headphones on all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I worry about that. Yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah. It's, he, he, he's fine with it. Like, I mean, he's, he's so funny. He, he always says to me, it's like, I live in another space anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <He's kind> of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Is yeah. That, so, what about your lyrical themes and your ideas for lyrics? So, lyrics, are, I think I always try and, relate them back to personal experience I'm someone who's like I don't know mom said I was born like all sensory and emotion so I I tend to like internalize and think about a lot of things all the time and um so a lot of the lyrics are sort of bedded in you know my experiences or feelings about things but all cloaked in analogy I guess so I try and yeah it's it's weird and I don't know where a song is coming from until I start writing it there's not always an idea or anything it's just kind of a feeling at the time and actually the song I will be forgotten that was written on the day that we recorded it like I scrapped the lyrics that I had and totally changed the approach and rewrote that Mm. um in in the studio just because of some stuff that I'd read and, and, and sort of stuff that was happening around that time so I think yeah I I the lyrics are always one part me and other parts sort of like analogies, if that makes sense. And sure. uh, yeah, trying to storytell through, um, you know, different bits and pieces. And I think the the biggest um, influence on this one was um, there's this bookshelf in my room, which is now <laughs> moving, but um, <laughs> part of my house. But um, but yeah, so that was it's got all of these amazing books and stuff and amazing authors on it and I kind of used a lot of the titles from those books as like themes or ideas or you know um things like that so um it's almost like this bookshelf played as much of a part of the album as my personal experience did in terms of the lyrics and the themes yeah that's really interesting so I'm a big believer in the law of attraction and Esther Hicks's stuff you know this stuff about um manifestation if you like and that a whole idea that the path is before you you just have to realize it's there now in your case it was as simple it might not have been that simple but (laughs) this bookshelf is right there and it had all of these wonderful ideas for you to take as a cue for your lyric writing yeah just just there for you 
Yeah, 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 that's actually a nice way of putting it. It was almost like, yeah, it was interesting too because, like, I I didn't consciously kind of set out to be like, oh, I should make this, like, like all tied to these, you know, amazing authors or novels or anything like that. It was just, like, by happenstance that I write lyrics on my couch and I was staring at this um, bookshelf the whole time when I'm trying to think of something to write about to take into rehearsal the next day. And, um, mm. yeah, it's, like, sort of kind of how it came about. But, yeah, no, I like that. What about the the album art? Is that something that you had a lot of say in? Well, that's – so Tom and Beak in the band as well, like, outside of being – musicians they're both um uh graphic designers so we actually went through a series of like I don't know how many arguments we had we went through like four different covers like to try and figure out the album and that one was the last cover that like we like that Tom put together and that's the one that made it but yeah he um he's the one behind that cover so he he literally shot that himself and and laid it all out and everything like that so (laughs) that's all Tom Nice, yeah. yeah. See, I'm, I'm a huge fan of B-grade horror. Yeah. And B-grade, yeah. like, you know, the sort of horror adventure sort of things from yeah. the 70s and 80s in particular. And it gave me those vibes, those creepy vibes yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, have you seen the film, uh, not Mandy, what's it called, Beyond the Black Rainbow? No. Oh, do check it out. Yeah. It, it looks out. like an image <laughs> that had come out of that. That's only a recent film, uh, a Greek yeah. director. I can't remember his name now. Sorry, gosh, shocker. Ooh. But, um Beyond the Black Rainbow, can't recommend that film enough from the perspective of its of its aesthetic and its visuals. The story isn't that dominant. It's more about this journey that it takes you on through visuals. Yeah. And it's, some of it reminds me a lot of your album cover there. Yeah. yeah. You know, very dark, but, you know, very dark, very subversive, you know, but but sort of from, from the realm of fantasy at the same yeah. time too. So it's not too <laughs> self-conscious. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I'll have to check it out. But that's essentially kind of like what we spoke about um, in the lead up to this album and sort of the ideas. And obviously, it changed a little bit with um, film clip ideas and stuff like that because um, we went into lockdowns. But um, yeah, like that was the whole sort of vibe of what we we're going for and um, what we tried to pull together for um, Take the Edge Off is like sort of that's part of that old sort of horror. Um, idea so all set in the house and and kind of hectic and creepy and yeah yeah nice yeah yeah nice yeah now um COVID from the perspective of this album was this an album that was written prior to COVID through COVID or prior prior to yeah so we recorded it before going into we actually had a whole release strategy ready to go so we'd recorded it before COVID hit and then we're releasing we released the first single All My Friends Move Like The Night in March last year and Mm -hmm. the second and third single and stuff was supposed to come out we're meant to release it all by May last year (laughs) so so we're a year behind um or more than a year behind where we were supposed to be so it's just been a matter of waiting and and obviously because we um part of the releases, the physical sales and things like that. We had to wait for the pressing plants um, overseas to be ready, oh, where wow. yeah. final pressed and things like that. So, yeah, <laughs> there was a bit of 
Yeah. I think we can all blame Adele for the global vinyl shortage, isn't that <laughs> yeah, right? I have read that. <laughs> <laughs> I have read that. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe that her fans were vinyl collectors. Yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Like, <laughs> I can tell you, like, I, I play covers, you know, yeah. and I've played two or three of her songs, so I know, I know the Rolling in the Deep song and maybe one or two of the other ones, and um, they don't get that bigger pop on the dance floor, I've got to be honest with you, not like what <laughs> Kylie's stuff does, Kylie yeah. Minogue's stuff does and ABBA, you know, yeah. like it's really weird her success. It's like, hey, don't begrudge her a success at all, but it's like where are all these fucking fans hiding? Because I don't know any of them. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's buying this shit? Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't you buying Devil Electric stuff? Yeah, exactly. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Some of these artists, yeah. they get so big and you're like, does anybody know anybody that's bought this individual's album? And everyone's like, yeah. no. It's like, must be the circles I'm moving. And then I ask people at work who aren't even musical fans at all and they buy whatever is in the top 10 or the yeah. equivalent of their Spotify playlist and or listen to whatever's in their top. And it's like, are you listening to Adele? Oh, I used to. So you're not anymore? No. So who's buying 500,000 units yeah. of vinyl globally then? <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Actually, it's caused havoc. That, I, I don't know whether it's just yeah. Adele, by the way, but this global vinyl shortage has caused yeah. havoc for a lot of bands this Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're still like, <laughs> we just had to send out a note to everyone who's bought the album because we haven't even, it hasn't arrived in Australia yet. We've been waiting for it. Um, for uh, yeah. Yeah. Pora's post, I know they're like under the pump, but like, yeah, they're still, we're still trying to get it in um, <laughs> to the country so we can send out the orders for everyone who's ordered it. So, how many units of vinyl did you end up ordering? Can if you don't, if you can't share it, don't worry about oh, it. But I'm just curious. More I, than I actually have no idea. <laughs> so I don't. Um, so we've got obviously through because we're um, released this through Cosmic Artifacts in Germany, so they uh-huh. um, figure out the allocation as part of our deal. Um, Christos and Beak normally then go in and, and figure that stuff out. So I, I actually shockingly have no idea. <laughs> oh, that's all good. All, all that yeah. stuff's incidental anyway. It's just yeah. one of those things that either the business manager or whoever the business manager yeah. in the band might be organising it. But, yeah, yeah it's I, I, I distinctly remember a time. I'm 43, okay, so I remember when you couldn't give away heavy metal albums. So I'd frequently go into the city and buy them for $3 a hit for per CD or whatever, you know, yeah. Creator, Annihilator. All of, that's how I bought all of those albums back in the day. Yeah. And... Um, just the way this music is rock and metal in in specifically have come back through vinyl. It's uh, I know so many people now that collect vinyl, and it's like, well, yeah, they don't even listen to it. They're just collecting the vinyl to have it. See, I'm I'm somebody if I don't listen to it, I, I'll give it up to a mate of mine who does collect. You yeah, because I'm not a hoarder. I can't hold on to just this thing that I've got where I can't hold on to things that I don't listen to. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So consequently, my vinyl collection is only about thirty <laughs> albums deep, but they're albums that we always listen to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, is that yeah. is that like you too? Are you a bit of a collector, or are you are you a bit like me? And that yeah. I collect a bit of vinyl. Like I, I have since I was like. I think like 16 or something. I remember there was like a vinyl shop down near my house. So I used to go and buy stuff from there. But um, I normally, I don't know, I haven't, well, I, I subscribe, I still subscribe to Third Man Records. I don't know why. Like <laughs> they just send out the same um, live white stripes recording every quarter, <laughs> um, which is uh, no one, I don't, I don't know anyone who wants that. But anyway, but, but no, I try and, I try and buy as much vinyl as I can, you know, when I can, particularly um, 
particularly if I go to gigs and stuff, like I, I love getting yeah. on the spot. So, yeah. Mm. It was it was a cassette released with Godless? So not with Godless. So we did have one um, with the first album, but we haven't released a cassette with Godless, although there's still time maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Those yeah. short run cassettes, like when you release like 50 of them, yeah, that's yeah. that's perfect because yeah. you, you do, I do buy them then because yeah, I don't yeah. know if you can see it. I've got a cassette player behind me over here. Oh, actually, where is it? Let me see if I can twist that around. Can you sort of see the edge of it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I've got a cassette player because sometimes I because I'm a writer as well. I'll just yeah. put on the cassettes in the background because I don't want to even think about changing the song, uh, yeah, which I'm yeah. too tempted to do with iTunes or Spotify. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, so I, I just it. sort of let I get you know I get a lot of underground stuff like from Nocturnus yeah. AD and Sentient yeah. Ruin. The label Sentient Ruin do a lot of yeah. um, cassettes, and I love their their weird stuff. Yeah, where I get their weird stuff from. Yeah. But it's you know yeah. it's it's to each their own, I suppose, isn't it? You yeah. know, I, I like the cassette. It was like it actually sold well for us um on Bandcamp like we sold we did them because we we're touring Indonesia but then we had all these leftovers so we got like put them up on Bandcamp and they sold really quickly so yeah touring Indonesia and there was a market there for cassettes specifically was there or was it yeah. just something special you did no yeah I think when we were um setting it all up um the advice that we got was to to do cassettes as well so we did that yeah was oh, good. Shit. There <laughs> yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. Indonesia is a huge country for rock and metal. Yeah. 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 They you know, love you know, it. Incredible. Their yeah. president, uh, whose name escapes me, but their president was photographed during the election campaign in a napalm death t shirt. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, yeah. seriously. I mean, that's how rock and metal that country yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Like the bands over there are incredible as well. They, it really is like, I was saying when I was over there, like there should be more tours back and forth because it's it's awesome and they're awesome. Like, yeah, the, every band we played with was incredible. So, no. Yeah, I don't know why there isn't more vis-a-vis touring between yeah. Southeast Asian nations and Australia, yeah. meaning the, the bands, yeah. because it it just makes so much sense. It's a yeah. it's the closest continental near continental landmass to us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the Asian continent and the Southeast Asia, and it's it's literally seven or eight hours away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. All the yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did yeah. you find that was was that tour? How long ago was that tour booked? That was twenty seventeen. So yeah, that was with the first um, album release. We did um, a tour of Indonesia. I think we did about a three month sort of broken up tour in Australia, where we went around to different countries and, and cities and things, and then not countries, so different cities and country <laughs> towns and stuff, and then um, headed to Indonesia towards the end of 2017. Did you find that you you built an audience and you've retained the audience since? Yeah, over yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, the fans are incredible over there. Like some of the best, <laughs> best people, but also just like, that yeah, they they are all loyal. They're all amazing. They've stayed sort of um, loyal to the band this whole time. And I'm like, that's the one thing we always talk about. We're like, we should go back there. It was actually an incredible experience. Yeah. Yeah, try and get to the Philippines as well if you can. Yeah. We, we the wife's family are Filipino, and and we got would be pre COVID we went over there yeah. a bunch. And um, I I didn't meet any musicians when I was over there, but I just started connecting with Filipino black metal musicians yeah. through what I'm doing here with my podcast, and yeah. and their stuff is high quality, man. It's it's yeah. good stuff too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's it was incredible. Like I was blown, like floored by how good the music was over there. It was Incredible. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Now, 
Is there anything else that you feel as though we need to cover? Is there any question I haven't asked that you'd like to address about um, the album, the band, anything? No, I was going to say that I think that's pretty good and I, I do have to jump off at 8.30 is the only thing. Sure. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that's everything. I can't think of anything that we haven't covered. So, um, Godless, it's out now. It's out yeah. now. Order the vinyl. It'll take some time to get out here because of bloody Adele. But... <laughs> <laughs> But order the yeah. vinyl and support you guys because I think with bands like you guys, the important thing is to support you through physical, whether it be CD, vinyl, T-shirt, cup, you know, beer holder things, yeah. however, whatever <laughs> it might be, support Devil Electric, great band. Thank you. Well, there you go. That was my conversation with Pip from Devil Electric. Their new album is titled Godless. Check it out on streaming services. And as I just mentioned toward the end of the chat there, support the band by buying their shit. There you go. So my name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I'm the scar I'm the scar of the Scars and Guitars podcast. I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. Always do, I've got to say. If you want to listen to chats that are very similar to that one, go across to, or more chats that are similar to that one, go across to scarsandguitars.com, where many more are to be found. And also, I've got a channel on YouTube, lots of Cradle of Filth stuff, suffocation. If you like heavy metal, extreme metal, chances are you'll like what it is that I do. Again, thanks for tuning in, and until next time, it is a very goodbye for now.